I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Mark Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Yeah. You know, something seems really different about you today. I can't really put my finger on it, but it's it's like because you have this I'm, new it's energy. It's because I'm wearing a hat. Oh, okay. But you're a hat, hat guy on. now. I don't know. Maybe. Wow. Hey, I'm here for your journey. I We're support experimenting. You. We're experimenting. We're testing out the new boundaries, you new know what? water. I like it. Anyway, today, as always, we're kicking things off with worst things first, the worst news of the week. Then we are diving deep into making friends as an adult. Bum, bum, bum. Because there are no parents making play dates. There's no extracurriculars to bind you together. There's just shit. Nothing. <laughs> and finally, we've got my new best friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> Greta Teitelman in the studio. She's a stand-up comedian. She's got a very on-theme podcast called The Worst. And now she's a guest complainer on Unhappy Hour. Also, before we get into the show, today, April 2nd, Tuesday. Is my friend Eliana's birthday. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Because it is the publication day of the paperback edition of Everything is Awful and Other Observations by me, Matt Bellasai, author. But it has bonus material that I wrote free of charge just for you. So you can purchase the paperback edition of Everything is Awful. It's nice and glossy and it's got all of my words in it. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's slap on our baseball caps and start the show. All right. Worst things first. The worst news of the week. First. An American Airlines passenger was met by police upon arrival in Charlotte, North Carolina after reportedly urinating on a fellow passenger's luggage during the flight. I don't know. I have so many questions. My, sorry, my mouth is agape. <laughs> like, I, was, the, was it like an underseat luggage that he was just like, he pissed on the ground and it happened to get on their luggage? Was it a revenge no, you urination? Put your, you put your luggage in front of you. Yeah, I don't Do know. Do they I, sit when they pee usually? Like if they're just sitting in their seat and they just start peeing and it goes on the luggage in front of them under the seat. Yeah. It, it, by the way, this is about as much information as this article gives. It's everything <laughs> you've heard is as much as I know, basically. This man was arrested. Uh, I mean, he was intoxicated. And the airline requested law enforcement be at the airport when they arrived. It arrived in Charlotte just before 1 a.m. So it's like a late flight. Gotta have a cocktail on the flight. You get drunk 
and you you what? piss on someone's luggage. Okay, that's Usually fine. Usually my order is get drunk, watch a children's movie, cry, <laughs> and then pee on someone's luggage. I just don't know, like, was it in the overhead and he, like, took it down and then just fucking peed all over it? Or did he get into the overhead and pee all over it? Ugh. I was in an Uber once and the driver, for some reason, we were talking about like plane horror stories. And he told me that he was on a plane once where the like sewage draining system, the bathroom draining system malfunctioned and it started seeping down the like sides of the airplane. The inner, so like from the, it must like run, I don't know. I don't want to think at all about where that stuff goes. I still think that it just like opens up a thing in the plane and just drops into the sky. So let me leave it there. This is me going to be like name dropping here. Wow. Which is, I don't, it's going to be the first time I've ever done this. Oh my God. But when I met Renee Zellweger. Oh my my God. (laughs) Oh my God. I I did this sponsor thing for Bridget Jones's baby and went to London. And the whole time they were like, you're not going to get to film anything with Renee, but we'll let you meet her. I think they thought that I was going to be like Borat and like <laughs> go in and like make a fool out of her. I was like, I'll literally do whatever she wants. I, she's Renee Zellweger. But when I immediately when I walked in, she was like, why do I know you? And I started to say like, oh, I make these videos where I get drunk. And she was like, oh, my God, I watched every one of your videos. I love you. You are so funny. She like quoted from a video that I made at BuzzFeed about airplanes about how you're basically just flying around with everybody's shit, like with you. Uh huh. And she's like, I think about that every time <laughs> I get on an airplane. <laughs> so you ruined her life. <laughs> I just love that Renee Zelliger thinks about poop every time she gets on an airplane because of me. <laughs> you can retire. Uh, I loved that so much. Next! A man in South Carolina attempted to cover up the smell of alcohol on his breath. It was a routine traffic stop. The deputies were approaching his car. He decided he needed to cover up the smell of his breath. So what did he do? He took a can of Axe body spray and fucking doused his throat with it. What is he? A a, a teenager boy? (laughs) Good one. What a great joke. Was he like all all team boys I went to high school with? Just coat your throat. Yeah. yeah. That's how you catch that's how you catch a straight guy. Uh-huh. You want to give a straight guy a blowjob? Cover your throat in axe body spray. The deputy stopped a 49-year-old man. And honestly, he should have been shot on site just for owning axe body spray after the age of 12. Yeah. 49 and you you purchased axe body spray with your own money? I don't think so. What is he? A t- a teenage boy? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I was walking on the street recently and caught a whiff of Axe body spray and just immediately got an erection. It just like sends you straight back to the locker room in high school. Yeah. Ugh. Was I was also at Not that I was in the boys' locker room. <laughs> <laughs> Crying. Take a break. I'm so sorry. I'm out of my mind. Anyway. So, yeah, this 49-year-old man was stopped after he sped past a deputy on the interstate and then swerved into another lane. So it wasn't, oh, it was a traffic stop. Yeah. The incident report says that there was a 12-pack of beer on the floor and 10 of the beers were empty. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, he had an open bottle between his legs, exhibited signs of intoxication, and failed field sobriety tests. Also, he put Axe body spray in <laughs> Yeah, his is mouth. he alive? I don't think, yeah, if you get like a wisp of Axe body yeah. spray, you don't pass a field sobriety test. <laughs> Once that shit touches your tongue, you're just immediately over the legal limit. And finally, a man in Florida, only in Florida. I was in Florida this weekend, Daytona Beach, for a show that I did at a college there. And um, yeah, it was interesting. A Uh girl pissed herself. (laughs) We haven't talked about this. (laughs) A girl pissed herself and threw up in the middle of my set. And I didn't even know what happened until I got off stage. Oh, that's sad. Anyway, I was technically opening for Chris D'Elia, who is uh, a comedian, and he was like the main act, and I did 40 minutes to start. But like halfway through my shit, I looked down, and there was the biggest fucking bug. (laughs) And I didn't know, I didn't have like the words to describe it, so I called it like a cockroach, son of a bitch, monster. It was like, I think it was a grasshopper. But it looked like meaner than a grasshopper. Mm. It was like a gra- like a mix between like a grasshopper, a cricket, and a cockroach, and it flew. So uh, and nobody, I started like screaming, and I expecting someone to like come and save me, but they didn't. So I just had to stand on another part of the stage and <laughs> and like keep an eye out for the rest of my shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, a girl literally pissed herself. Probably because she saw it. Um, Maybe. Maybe. That was her warning. Yeah. And I missed it. And I didn't realize until I got off the stage and all of the students were kind of like freaking out. And I went, I was like, what's happening? And they were like, yeah, someone like combusted. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, a man in Florida. Oh, God. Called 911 to report an armed robbery. He told police that the suspects stole his money, his necklace, his cell phone, and then sped off. And then the authorities showed up, obviously, because that's what they do. And it turns out he just made the whole thing up because he didn't want to go to his 11 a.m. shift at the restaurant where he works. (laughs) You know what's not a great idea? Making your lie an armed robbery. Maybe let's start. I maybe he ran out of all of the excuses that lead up to that. Yeah, that was just the next step. Yeah, I do love that he fully committed to calling nine one one. Didn't just tell his boss. Did not forge a signature. <laughs> just fully called. Yeah, I don't know what he thought was going to happen in this situation. Did he think he was going to get like a note from the police that he could yeah. get his boss and be like, just FYI? I guess that's probably what he did think. Yeah. That would be the logic. This is why I'm not dumb enough to be a criminal. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're making friends. But probably not. (gasps) Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. (laughs) 
deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, so listeners of the pod know that I've been trying to meet new people and be more social, mostly because I've been working for myself, mostly from home for the past three years, and had the realization recently that unless I put in more effort, my apartment will inevitably become my solo catacomb <laughs> and a shrine to my complete and utter solitude. So obviously. We're making an effort. We're putting ourselves out there. We've covered dating on Mm -hmm. the pod, but now we're going to talk about something even more difficult, which is making new friends as an adult. Because here's the thing. Dating isn't easy, but like, at least it's straightforward, right? Like you meet a complete stranger, you talk with them for two weeks, and then you each ignore one another until you become complete strangers again. Mm -hmm. But with friends... It's like you have to actually like the person like enough to potentially eat meals with them and go to things and hang out and talk. Also, once you're an adult and you have your childhood friends and your school friends, how do you make new ones? It's the absolute worst. I'm still figuring it out. But as we're going through the process, here are some of the things that I hate the most. First... Everybody's basically figured out who they are at this point. They have? Yeah, 100%. Wow. You don't have everything figured out? No, I do, totally, yeah. It's just like you can't force people as easily to like the things that you like. Mm. It's harder. It's harder to mold people like you can when you're a child. Like when you're making friends as kids, you're sort of like learning who you are and adapting and like forcing other people to like what you like. Right? That's how friends are made. (laughs) (laughs) We're just identifying my problems in real time. (laughs) But like, yeah, like when you're a kid, it's like you're a beautiful bucket of freshly chewed bubblegum. Just soft and malleable. But then as an adult, everybody's like all hard and dried out bubblegum. Like stuck to the table. And it's hard to smash it together with other bubblegums. Then you have to basically ask people out on like platonic dates, which is weird. It's like, hey, do you want to do something and then not fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It'll be worth it. Also, now it's like sliding into DMs is basically the only way to meet people. 100%. Yeah. This is, I think uh, I was listening to, I think it was Los Culturistas, and they were talking about how like... All of the dating apps are over. It's sliding into sliding into DMs is now how you meet someone. Because basically the internet is just one big house party. And you got to shoot your shot and push yourself into other people's conversations. That's the only way. You just got to jump right in. Like double scotch. What is it called? Hopperscotch? <laughs> double like, dutch. Double scotch sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. Also, Instagram is a lie. And everyone is alone. <laughs> Also, where do you even meet people? Like, college is the last time that you're, like, absolutely surrounded by people who are in the exact same state of life that you are. Like, it's the last time that you'll just be consistently around that many people who are the most like you, Mm -hmm. age-wise at least. After that, it's just a bunch of garbage flowing in the wind, and you gotta just snatch at what you can get. (laughs) Maybe you get something worthwhile. It's a tornado. And you're just snatching at, you hope that you reach out and grab, like, the family dog and not, like, a shard of glass. <laughs> Am I strayed too, too far into this metaphor? No, go with it. Go with it. Because <laughs> like, I guess, like, 
Bumble and some of these apps have like a friend option. Oh, really? Yeah, because there's technically Bumble Date, which is like the default, but then there's like Bumble for friends. But also, I don't know, the friend option on those apps makes me kind of sad. It's like you're just scraping at the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) (laughs) No disrespect to anybody who uses it. Also, people are like, well, just do the things that you like and maybe you'll meet other people who like the same thing. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to meet other people just playing arcade games in my basement at 1 a.m. Because they tell me it's not an arcade, it's a vending machine. (laughs) But also, fuck you, I win every time, okay? Also, every activity for meeting new people is the worst. Trivia night? Oh, now I have to know facts in order to make friends? Kickball league? (laughs) If I wanted a balls in my face, I'd talk to your mom. What? Why are you dragging Laura into this? <laughs> that was more of a of a the royal your mom. Yeah, she doesn't understand that concept though. <laughs> She's just gonna take it personally. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I I don't like how like all of these activities are basically just like high school gym class activities. I know any sort like, of intramural uh, sport. I'm like yeah. hell no. Oh, you mean I should participate in w- something that rekindles the worst time of my life (laughs) and also is like the most competitive time for me that's not when you want to be my friend that's when i want you to be my enemy right yeah i take things way too seriously for me to try to make friends at like a dodgeball league no i'll pelt you in the fucking face or like cooking classes no no when would you ever i guess there is like meetups that are like, let's just go and fucking hike. I think I just project my own, like, anxieties onto that. Because I, I think I'm getting better at being like, yeah, fuck it. I'll go, like, I'll meet up with some stranger. They might murder me, but why not? This is how you meet people. Also, like, when you're young, you can get along with basically anybody. Or at least, like, pretend to get along with anybody. You don't know any better. Yeah. You're just like, oh, we get along. You're another person. I guess we're friends. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, if you realize you don't want to be around someone, you you still have to, like, spend the rest of the interaction with them. No. Yeah. I want to get the fuck out of here, but uh, now I'm trapped and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. And scientifically speaking, the brain only has the capacity to know, like, 10 people. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I did not. Just 10. 10 whole people. Wow. There's some halves. Including family, right? Are they people? Yeah. Then, yeah. That's how that math works and classification. This has been Science with Matt. And I'm at, I think I'm about at nine people. Nine, nine and a half people. So, also, there are so many more reasons to red flag someone as an adult. Like, when you're a kid and you pick, you, like, put up with other kids' weird shit because it's like, who cares? But as an adult, it's like, oh, they don't eat Parmesan cheese? Next! Someone who has too much leg hair? Next! Someone who's like, oh, I've never seen any of the Avengers movies? Good. Me, me neither. <laughs> you can stay. Basically, the more interests and weirdnesses that I gain, the less people there are for me to find common ground with. Also, I'm just supposed to unload all of my baggage on someone new? Guess what? They can't handle it. Guess what? I'll pee on it. And the more time that passes, the more baggage I accrue. I've, I've built up millions of points of baggage. 
I am a fucking diamond medallion mint platinum honors baggage member, okay? Because of how much baggage I have. Also, it's so much work. I need to make a group, a book club, and then I have to talk to them all the time. Can I tell you, I started a book club, but I was like, I don't want to be president. I just like want this to be a thing. So then, you know, I let go of the control. We do not have the same taste in books. And I'm not in it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you got expelled from your own. Group. No, they still they still meet every week I, or every month, but I just don't go anymore. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think that's the thing. Is it's like I I don't want to do any of the work. I will gladly join and participate, but at this point, I am like I need to be the driver. I can't just jump in someone else's car. Unless it's an Uber. And finally, pretty much every social interaction involves alcohol. And um, I think I'm reaching that point in life. Not that I... Listen, everybody chooses their own path in life. I'm not at that point where I'm like, oh, I have a problem. (laughs) I'll get there one day. (laughs) But like, I'm not saying this as like, oh, I need to stop drinking because I have a problem. No, I just like... I still enjoy it. It's just when I drink like night after night, it just like makes me exhausted. Yeah, it's physically not good for your body. Right. Or mentally right, not good right. for your brain. <laughs> I wish that there were more. I mean, there are more social things to do that don't include drinking, but I feel like it's harder to convince people to do that. Right. It also feels like initially, at least, that is the way that you like get to know people. Yeah. Like, the more you know someone, it's like, yeah, you could just invite them over and watch TV or whatever. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, usually we plan on going out and then we just <laughs> fail. <sighs> but you know what? We'll get through it. We'll meet new people. If you're in New York, probably don't ask me. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Make new friends. We can do it together. And that's it for this week's Deep Time. Go out and make some friends. And next, we got Greta Teitelman in the studio after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling can help. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in all the issues we deal with. Ready for all the things you can talk about with BetterHelp counselors? You can talk about depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. Heck, you can talk about me. And you can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's all confidential and convenient. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, as well as chat and text with your therapist. Plus, if for some reason you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. How comforting is that? Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Unhappy Hour listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code UNHAPPY. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash unhappy. Then you just fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. 
That's BetterHelp.com unhappy. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fleur. You might not think about what's actually in the perfume you wear every day, but with Fleur, you don't have to. They make stunning, non-toxic perfumes and list all of their ingredients online. For luxurious perfume that's all about good, clean fun, try P-H-L-U-R, Fleur. Fleur has so many great scents, you might think it'd be hard to pick the right one, but think again. You can get to know each of their scents with pictures, words, even playlists on their site. Then try them on your own skin and see how it works for you. Every Fleur scent is gender-free because scents don't have gender. Plus, they just introduced body wash and body lotion in the same sense so you can smell amazing all the time. I love the Sundara scent. It adds that touch of forest air that makes people think I went outside even if I haven't been outside for days. You can go to Fleur.com today and use promo code UNHAPPY to get 20% off your first custom Fleur sample set. You can pick three scents to try and get credit towards a full-size bottle of your favorite. That's promo code UNHAPPY at Fleur.com to get your first three Fleur fragrance samples at 20% off. P-H-L-U-R dot com. My guest complainer today is writer, actor, comedian, Greta Titelman. You might know her from the award-winning podcast Lady Lovin' or The Worst with Greta Titelman, or maybe know her as the host of the Bravo show Personal Space. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, Greta. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's good. It's early. Yeah. But that's ripe time for complaining. I know. I love to complain. So we like to get our complaining juices flowing by Mm -hmm. asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? I hate group fitness. Group fitness? (laughs) Yeah. So like classes, soul cycles. Yes. All of Classes, soul cycles. I'm a competitive person. I don't like it when people are doing moves wrong. I don't like it when people can't <laughs> keep up. I don't like how people smell. I don't like what people wear. I just hate group fitness. Yeah. And everyone loves it. Like, all of my friends, they love going to... You know, like Barry's Boot Camp, for example, mm-hmm. or any of those fucking classes, or they're on class paths, and it's just like, I don't want to work out with a bunch of people. <laughs> I want to be alone, and I want to sort through my own rage at yeah. the gym. Yeah, I do like that a, a, a lot of your uh, reasoning is that other people are just bringing you down. Yeah, they are. <laughs> you know, when I was thinking about this question, uh-huh. I was like, it was between... It was between group fitness and grilled cheese. I mean, we could talk about that, too, because these are some strong opinions. I know. But the thing about grilled cheese, which is like hard for me to really speak on, is a huge reason why I hate it is because I'm insanely lactose intolerant and yeah. it just makes me so sick. Like the combination of bread, butter and cheese then like <laughs> fried in a pan is just like my kryptonite. Yeah. So I think that's probably a bigger reason as to why I hate it. Right. I Yeah, I was just talking about this um, with Barry, our producer, who, we, it was like, there's certain foods that are like children's foods that you think, oh, I can eat this and it'll be like super like chill on my stomach. Mm-mm. But actually it's all just like deep fried like, yeah. chicken tenders yeah. and grilled cheese that fucks you up. Yeah, and like noodles with butter. Yeah. 
I don't just know. heavy carbs uh, covered I'm like in fat. Never letting like noodles and butter. Honestly, my kids better have a more sophisticated <laughs> palate than that. That's an embarrassing <laughs> order. Noodles yeah. with butter. I hated that. My cousin, my aunt, used to just open up the butter packets at the restaurant mm-hmm. and just feed her the butter. I'm also from the Midwest, so we're disgusting. <laughs> no, I mean my sister used to eat butter packets when we were little. I, I mean, I I get it. I get the I get the the things that it does to my brain, and it's good, but I can't. Once you think about it too much, I mean, it's thinking bad. about eating butter is like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> making me nauseous. Well, that's because you're like a put together person. Uh, at least my first impression. We'll get into. We'll unpack yeah, everything. I mean, <laughs> I am put together, but I'm also not at the same time. Like yeah. everyone, one of your complaints is about group fitness. See, my thing is just like fitness in general. <laughs> in general, mine's just group fitness. <laughs> the only reason why I like fitness though is because I just like want to be really hot sure, and yeah. also I have really bad depression and like working out really helps my depression. Yeah. See, my thing about group fitness, my problem with it is that I don't like people seeing me. Mm-hmm. It's not that like other people are distracting me, it's that like I feel distracted by the idea of other people seeing what I look like in that situation. I see. And so, I like doing it alone. Mhm. I'm happy that you stand with me on this issue. Yeah, yeah. I'm we happy come that at you it aren't for, a for group, different reasons. Yeah, but we both agree <laughs> that group fitness is trash. Yeah, we are allies in this. What is your like comedian origin story? Mm. Where how did you kind of get started? What went wrong in your life that you were like I'm going to be funny? So much. Yeah. I like loved to perform as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, And I was a dancer growing up and I loved just like being the center of attention and I loved having everyone listen to me and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was just like what I liked to do. I liked to make people laugh when I was little. This sounds so corny, but whatever. And then when I got into high school or maybe middle school, whatever. One of them. One of them. I, like, never was quite, like, good enough. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't make it into, like, this jazz singing group in my middle school. <laughs> and, like, that... I love that. That brought me down. Right. That is your your Spider-Man you fight know? is I got rejected from I the did. jazz club. But, like... My parents had a very tumultuous marriage, mm-hmm. so I was in a house with a lot of tension. Yeah. Um, and a lot of volatile things happening there. Sure. So yeah, I like when I didn't get into that, I like very quickly just like started smoking pot. Sure. And like I got <laughs> really into like doing that in middle school. Uh-huh. And then I was just like a stoner girl who got really into <laughs> photography naturally because it's what happens when you're emotional. Yeah. Um so then like I kind of went down this like photo journey and then in high school I really wanted to perform, be in school plays, blah 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 blah. But I swear my like high school like the woman that oversaw the drama department uh-huh like hated me. <laughs> I'm convinced. Yeah. Because she never put me in anything. So then I went to college in New York and I really like stopped performing. Yeah. My parents got divorced and my mom died. As my parents were divorcing, my mom was dying of cancer. Mm -hmm. And then my mom died three months after she got diagnosed with cancer. Oh, man. So then when that happened, I was kind of just like, what am I doing with my life? Mm -hmm. And like, you're young. I was 21, about to be 22 when my mom died. 
And when you go through a trauma like that, it makes you like put a microscope on your life in a way that you never had before. Right. My mom was like my inspiration and like my hero. And my mom always worked her ass off and did what she wanted to do and got Mm -hmm. a lot of shit done in her life. And I was just like, oh, I want to do what I actually want to do. And I don't want to be working in photography. I don't want to be doing this thing. And then I was like, I really want to go into comedy and like I really want to perform and like be this star (laughs) (laughs) that I always wanted to be yeah I started doing stand-up because I talked to my friend my friend Julio Torres who's Mm -hmm. a stand-up and I was like I really want to do stand-up and he was like you should do it and I oh my god I remember we went to the most like embarrassing lunch and it was like me being like how do I do stand-up comedy (laughs) and him being like you should go to open mics and I was like thank you like whatever Uh uh-huh and then I started doing stand-up and then here we are yeah how were, like, what was your open mic experiences like? I have, like, a classic tale of the first open mic I did, I destroyed. Uh-huh. To the point that, like, I left and I was like, I invented comedy. <laughs> you know? Like, I left and I was like, this is crazy. Like, I'm so yeah. fucking good at this. Like, why do people think this is hard? Right. I was they put on ready. this earth yeah. to do this. Like whatever blah 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 and then of course I proceeded to bomb for like eight months <laughs> after that and and it took me a, a while to get my footing I yeah mean, as it takes anyone in right. this field and I think like the cool thing about comedy is I think like the older you get the funnier you become mm-hmm. so it's like the one thing that makes me look forward to aging sure. mentally <laughs> I guess um, I'm very scared of aging physically right. I will say that I do get Botox because mm-hmm. I want to freeze my face sure best to ease in ease yeah. in early yeah, yeah. it's preventative babe yeah. a little, little bit <laughs> just a little you know here and there but yeah, I don't know. I love I love doing stand up. It's cool. But yeah. it's taken on a different thing for me living in LA. Yeah, how so? Well, I was in New York and I was I came up, did started coming up there and whatever. And by the time I left New York, I had really like hit my stride. I mm-hmm. was running like a super popular monthly show. I was on every show I could think of being. I had amazing friends and amazing friend group and co- I don't know. It was just like it was amazing. It felt, you know, when like, I mean, I had a terrible time in high school, but you know, when people are like, senior year was awesome. Like, <laughs> I felt that way. Like, that's kind of yeah. like how it felt. I was like, oh, like, this is amazing. And then, and then I moved to LA and I very gradually moved to LA. Like, I came here with a suitcase for three months. And sure. then, next thing you know, I was living with my now fiance, even mm-hmm. though I hate that word. <laughs> but yeah, just like, time things happened a lot in a year I guess yeah but yeah I moved here and I was expecting it to be this like one way where like I would be getting up like I was in New York and I knew the LA comedy scene wasn't like the New York comedy scene but I just wasn't prepared for the drastic change yeah 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 um and also I never really realized how much of my self-worth was seated in how often I got on stage. Yeah. And I think that it was like work that I had to do with myself of being like, no, I'm still successful and I'm still a working person even if I don't get on stage. 
every single night, multiple times a night, that doesn't mean that I'm less than I was. Right. So that was like a big learning thing for me. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you think it's harder to get on stage here more. I mean, I guess you're still like. I mean, I'm getting on stage a lot more now yeah, than yeah. when I moved here. And I get on great shows and I'm very grateful and it's very wonderful. Uh-huh. But it's just a different vibe. Yeah. I know. I was listening to an episode of your podcast, The Worst, oh. um, with Matt Rogers, who I love. Mm-hmm. Lost Culturista. Matt is friend living of the show. with me. Yeah. Yes. He's living with me right now. <laughs> love Matt. One of the things that you both were talking about was how... Like, you can almost be kind of isolated in New York and still feel like you've accomplished something just yeah. by being in New York. Yes. And here, it's so you're so separate from other people mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, it takes a little bit more effort to feel connected. Yeah. Um, you need to... You need to plan. And yeah. like I New York gave me like plan aversion because right. everything in New York is just like so fast. Sure, yeah. New York is like such a transactional city to me. Mm-hmm. Where everything you do is just like and for this you get that. And for this you get that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's very like tip for tat where uh-huh. here it's just like not that way at all. Right. And here I find myself you know, making plans with people like three weeks out. Like I yeah. have like a dinner plan on my schedule in like April. That's and I'm absurd. like, yeah. I mean, it, it makes me feel like old and rotted, but it also <laughs> makes me feel like mature and good. I don't know how yeah. I, I really, um, I really hate aging. Like I, I was saying that probably one of my biggest anxieties come from me like uh, losing like the, the rope of youth, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and like little things like planning. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to make a plan. Like, I just want to have fun with my friends. And I'm like, but in order to have fun with my friends, I have to make a plan now. Yeah. I don't know. I So I have talked about it on the, this podcast endlessly to the point where listeners are probably like, we get it. But I have just started like trying to be intentional about dating and like mm-hmm. joined all of the apps. I've never been on them before. I don't know. I never like focused that much on it. And now I'm like, I need to focus on it. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm now I'm like noticing the differences between me and like 25 year olds I know. in a way that I'd never had before. Where I'm like, I don't think I was that different a few years ago, but no. I guess I was. No, you probably weren't, honestly. Maybe and it's like, just a few of the 25 year olds I met are horrible. Yeah. Also, the Internet is so weird. And yeah. the way that we now just like curate these personas online Mm -hmm. is just very it's created like a different monster yeah i don't know it's something like we haven't had to consider that since our in our teens like that was nothing we've ever had to do yeah if you think about people that are like 23 like they've gone through their whole like formative years with this like online version of themselves Mm -hmm. you know yeah and i think it creates a different personality right I don't know yeah no I mean it was like you were saying before everybody has this sort of like narrative in their head of who they are that we like tell ourselves uh and usually that's like just kind of in your head but now you're like curating that version of yourself 
for um, other people. Yeah. And you're also curating a version of yourself that you think other people would respond to. Right. Right? Right. So right. it's like the version of the self that you create that you would create for your friends is like different than the version of yourself that you'll create for like a potential partner. Right. Yeah, it's interesting and weird. But I think that being intentional about dating is really important. Yeah. Because you need to do that now. Like you need to make an effort to meet people. Yeah. People aren't just like meeting no. off the cuff. That's why I like the one one regret I have is that when I was like college is one of the few times when you're literally just around thousands of other people who are in the exact same situation as you. And then you leave that and you're like, oh, but everyone's there's all just these like, other people here. But everyone's just like horny and lost in college. Yeah, like horny, exactly. drunk and lost in college. That's perfect. I don't know. I college for me was like a sloppy fucking disaster. <laughs> and I really like savored being in college. Yeah. So you did it right. I I did not. But I mean you did it. You got it. you got it out and I then got it out and then I went New to York New York thing. and then just like fucked nine hundred bartenders in the Lower East Side. <laughs> and that was as good. You do. As one does. Yeah. Well, I do want to ask about your podcast because uh-huh. it's still relatively new. Yeah, right? it is. The worst. Yes. And it's, you You tell me the concept. It's just um, people coming on and telling me about the worst situations or moments of their life. And uh-huh. that's kind of it. it. It can be as serious as you want it to be or sure. as not serious as you want it to be. It can be like, you know, I had the worst sandwich of my life or like... My mom died. Right. It doesn't, there's no there's bar for yeah. what it needs to be. And I, I really like it because I think, I don't know, I think we all connect on the shit that happens in our life way more than our victories. Yeah. Um, because I think we all have in common that we've all had really shitty things happen to us or right. have felt shitty and feeling shitty is very isolating. Mm-hmm. And I've, thought it would be nice to just have a podcast where I feel like most podcasts are talking about victories and like celebrations and I was just like why not have one where we don't do that yeah (laughs) no I like I mean that is on on brand yeah it's in the same family yeah 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 I think the hard thing is especially as the host um, I mean, you, this is a thing that comedians deal with all the time. It's like, how do you talk about the bad stuff without getting, like, wrapped up in it? See, so, I don't... Or let it consume you in, in some way. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind... I think bad stuff, like, has to consume you sometimes. Yeah. Because I think it's really hard to create the discipline with yourself to move on. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a learned skill. Yeah. Um, and I think that that takes a lot of time. Yeah. Um... So I think it's okay to let yourself like sit in the shit for a little bit. But yeah. you need to be able to like get it fucking going. Right. Okay. I want to move into we call this a game, but it's it's called Elaborate. Mm-hmm. And uh, we found some things on Twitter that you ex- expressed hatred for. Oh me. I, oh my Twitter's like very embarrassing. Uh, well, this is just some of the times that you've you've used the word hate. Yes. Okay. Um, and I want you to elaborate on them. First this was July 2018. Ugh, I hate that I think lacrosse players are hot. Yes. What is it about that that you hate? 
I hate that that's like a real part of my personality sure. and like I hate that I it's, hate that being like horny for that kind of bro is something that I feel is in my DNA. Yeah, it's not such a specific type of like kind of waspy bro that plays yeah. lacrosse. Yeah, and I hate it and I'm horny for them. Yeah. And also what a sensual like cross between a net and a stick. I know. Yeah. It is and like just the whole style, like the practice penny and like the short, usually like shorter athletic shorts uh-huh, and uh-huh. all guys that have like hair, they're like flipping their hair. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they all have like Prince Eric hair. Yeah, and they're like lean and like toned and mm-hmm. they're, I don't know, they're annoying. They all drive like Jeeps probably <laughs> and and I, and I think they're all hot and like I hate it. Yeah. I hate that I think that whole kind of person is hot. I hate that I'm attracted to bros. It makes me very upset. My boyfriend looked like a bro yesterday, and I was like, you look so hot today. And he <laughs> literally was like, that's because I look like a bro. And I was like, yeah. yes. It's it's upsetting to me. I wish that I did not find it hot, yeah. but I grew up in Washington, D.C., which is like the center of bro. Yeah, that and is I bro briefly city. went to boarding school in Connecticut, which is like where bro was invented. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Now it all makes sense. Yeah, it all makes sense. You had, Northwestern had bros. That's the thing. I, I think I'm I'm discovering what it is that I, like, am really attracted to now. And it's like, yeah, I got you fucked up You probably like so a guy, long. like, maybe in a chino and, like, in, <laughs> like, a t-shirt. Do not read me like this. I mean, you How probably are. Because I feel the same. You probably, like, love, like, a desert boot that's, like, maybe a hot look on a guy. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, ex- literally exactly. I don't know. <laughs> the number of Connors that I've matched with is deeply upsetting to me. Yeah, Every- like if your name is Cliff, you're hot to me. <laughs> yeah, I hate that like half of the people I match with on any app are all just like names that gay porn studios choose because they yeah. know like idiots like me are like, oh my God. <laughs> Connor, yeah. Ryder, Tanner. Austin. I Austin. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to move on from that well, one. That's what I hate. Can I just say my Twitter is like, it's a joke whenever I talk to like other comedians, like your Twitter is popping, okay? Thanks. Very popping. It's mostly me harassing Harry Styles. Which is point. like fair. Yeah. But my Twitter, again, because like I was like, you know, maybe like emo and just like whatever. I didn't get on the Twitter bandwagon when I should have. Yeah. So therefore my brain is not programmed to tweet. Sure. I've gotten better about it recently. I've gotten mm-hmm. a little more active, but like I get so self-conscious when I tweet. Yeah. And I'm always like, does this make sense? Do I have thoughts? <laughs> like whenever I open up my Twitter, I'm like, I don't think. Like you it just, makes me feel like I don't think. But you just need to tweet. Yeah, is what I've you realized. don't think about it. Just fire them off. I know. And I and I would like to, I want to fire off more tweets yeah. because when I do, I think people respond. Sure, sure. In some capacity. Yeah. Um, okay, a couple more. Uh, I hate hummus, but mm-hmm. love Botox. Yeah. love That was also two days before the election. So that was back <laughs> when we were... <laughs> it was a brighter time. Yeah, hummus really upsets my stomach and I can't eat it. Yeah. Um, it's like, it really fucks with me. And I, I hate it. I just don't like the... I don't like the idea of hummus. Yeah, it's just like, it's not for everyone. Yeah. I will say there is a place in LA called Charcoal on Beverly... They make incredible hummus. Probably the only hummus I've been able to fuck with in a legit way. Okay. 
I hate that chai is so on brand for me. Yes. I hate Are you it again. Drinking chai right now or chai? No, unfortunately, I'm drinking throat coat. I wish <laughs> I was drinking chai. And this like kind of falls into the same category of hating that I think lacrosse players are hot. Like uh-huh. chai, unfortunately, is my drink. And I hate that about like I wish my drink was like a red eye. Right. You know what I mean? Like sure. I wish my coffee beverage that I ordered was like a red eye or like a flat white or uh-huh. something like obnoxious. But instead I just like have the most cake farty order ever, which is like a chai. <laughs> and whenever I order them, I'm always like, Hi, can I please have a chai latte with um almond milk? And they're like, What? I'm like a chai. So it's a chai latte. Or chai tea. I yeah. like love chai tea. And I actually think chai tea is less embarrassing than chai latte. Yeah. A chai latte is a child's drink. Right. Um and <laughs> I've I've been known to order a chai tea. I mean, they're fucking delicious. Chai latte. Yeah. If you don't like chai, I don't know what's wrong with you. It's like when people say that they don't like like the three staple ice creams, like chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. Yeah. I don't get it. Right. Like, how it's do you all, not like it? It's basic food. What is it called? A Neapolitan? Yeah. Yeah. That was like it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful presentation. Delicious ice cream. Let's, yeah, I don't get it. Right, yeah. Chai tea. My favorite thing about chai tea is that chai is just tea. It's just like it's <laughs> <I know>. like <laughs> everybody chai in is India is like you're just saying, saying tea, tea tea. Yeah, um, but I, no. That's because we're all white, and uh, this is what we. This I is would what we like do. to be the chai of entertainment, but I think the chai <laughs> of entertainment is like. Share. What's Do you know mean? what I mean? Um, sure. Like I like don't, but I. I I'll explain I get the to you what I mean. It. It's yeah. like everyone low key loves chai. Uh-huh. There are people that are die hard for chai. There are people that seek chai in cities. My aunt is one of these people who yeah. loves chai. She will find chai establishments in every city she's in. Then there are people that hate chai, but you know that the only reason why they hate chai is because they want to be like anti-establishment. Right. You know, they actually like how chai tastes. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's that way with like share. (laughs) Sure. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, or any kind of like pop icon yeah. where people are like, Ugh, I hate them. And it's like, no, you don't. You actually like their music. You listen to it in private, mm-hmm. but you don't want to tell anyone that. Right, right. I do. Yeah, I do love that. It, that started with you calling yourself Chai. And then then the next example was Cher. <laughs> <laughs> Cher definitely does not drink Chai, though. I would just like to say. I don't know. I, she maybe, might. I feel like she would fuck with it. Yeah. I hope so. I hope she's doing great out yeah. in Malibu. I think she is. I think she is too. I just saw the Cher show on Broadway not long ago. How um, was? It was pretty awful. I love that. <laughs> but I had it I had it fun. I like that there was really no story. It mm. was just like here's a very loose narrative. And there shouldn't be. Just so we can sing Cher songs. Yeah. And uh so I loved it, but also it was bad. Mm. <laughs> um and now my entire perception of Cher is based on like this, this weird musical. Broadway actress. No, but you can't. Yeah. Like, you need to really like do a deep dive into like Cher's acting career, which yeah. is very important. Yes, yes. Um, And then just like listen to old Cher music. I, I will do know. that. I'll LA is a great chai. place to do it. In the car. Yeah. You're probably Ubering though. I am, yeah. And it's well, been interesting. Have you had weird experiences? They love to talk here. Yeah, my favorite one. I, we can. I love how I said they love this. to talk here. Yeah, Uber <laughs> drivers love to chat here. I had one guy um, who, 
he recognized me from some of the videos that I make from when I was at BuzzFeed. And he um, he was like, oh, my God, my wife loves your stuff. Can we call her? And I was like, sure. And so he calls her up. She was at work. And he was like, you'll never guess who's in my car. Like, someone's going to fucking guess me. And I said hello. And she was like, oh, my God, Pee Wee Herman. And I was like, <laughs> pull the fucking car over. <laughs> Hang up the goddamn oh, phone. that's funny. Because this is not fun for me anymore. No. Was she pleased when she found that. out who like, it was? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's really funny. But it was still like a deeply demeaning moment. Yeah, I feel that. Um, and that's why I hate all L.A. Uber drivers. And you should. Because of that one experience. You are not Pee Wee Herman and no one is going to define <laughs> you as such. Absolutely not. Okay, maybe we should end on that now. Okay. But before we go, where can people find you and your work? Yes. Uh, well, you can follow me on Instagram mm-hmm. at Gertie Bird. I post, that's probably where I post the most. Okay. I have an active Instagrammer. Love it. If you're in LA, I host a weekly show every Tuesday at Genghis Cohen with fellow comedian Blair Saki. Okay. Um, you should listen to my podcast, The Worst. Yes. Uh, it's available on all of the podcasting platforms and you should follow my twitter you should follow me on twitter why not you know what follow me on twitter (laughs) Uh, it's also at gertie bird and you'll see a tweet probably once every six days sure and it will range in content (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that's what's exciting yeah, about it. Yeah, and you know you what? just never know. You never know what I'm going to say, and you never know if it's going to go viral, which has only happened to me once. It will, it and it didn't it. even go viral. Viral needs to be like, <laughs> I guess, what's viral now? I don't know. Now it's like a teen will will post some, yeah, honestly, like, they chase a chicken and it gets 100,000 retweets. Can we make it illegal for, like, people younger than us to use? Yeah. To use social media. Just, yeah. I mean, there are like high schoolers in Norway that have like three million Instagram followers because they like post photos of themselves with yeah. like pencils. Right. Why yes. didn't I do that? There's still time. I guess there is. I think there is. Well, you just have to get in early on whatever's next. I know, and then figure it out. Yeah. God damn it. We can do it. I think so. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easy, starting with the shows we've been watching this week. Barry, what you watching? You know, it's been a lot of the same stuff, but I started Deadwood mm-hmm. with uh, with Alex. It's a new show that my boyfriend and I are watching. And then, uh, you know, by the time this episode comes out, Veep will have started. So I'm mm. sure that's what I'll talk about next week. Uh-huh. But I'm very excited to watch it and probably cry every episode because I know it's the it'll be the last first episode of a season that I, I get to watch, you know, so uh-huh. um, it's going to be an emotional ride. What yeah. about you? I know I should re-binge it. Oh, yeah, I know. <sighs> who has the time? There's so many things. Well, I'm currently re-binging Game of Thrones, which I think I said last week, but it's a long series, so... <laughs> <laughs> Although this week I I was I like reached the end of a season and I was like okay I'll start the next season and I fully thought that I was only on season four but I'd already gotten to season five and I was <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> I've been sitting here for so long <laughs> I like a full season went by and I had no idea <laughs> so true healthy, story so yeah. Healthy. 
So that's what I watched. How about your a non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is a little bit of a plug, but it's also genuine, um, which is that a show that I've been working on for a really long time now is finally out as of Friday, March 29th, and that is Noisemakers. It is a show hosted by former guest complainer, friend of the pod, Ashley Nicole Black, and Chelsea Devantes, and they're best friends in real life, and they're so funny. And the whole show is about fighting inequality against women in the workplace, which sounds dreary, but it's hosted by two really funny women, and we keep it light, we keep it fun, we go to some dark places, but then we get back up. And it's just, yeah, I'm really proud of it, and I'm proud of the work that we've done on it. And it makes me happy that it's finally out in the world. Nice. So that's my chaser. What about you? I've done a lot of traveling in this past few weeks. I was in Florida. We were in LA the week before. This past weekend, once you're hearing this, I'll have been in Austin, Texas for a wedding. So I'll probably do next week's episode on weddings. <laughs> Mostly because <Spoiler> it's... Alert. <laughs> this is, I think, actually the first wedding that I've had to travel for. Mm. Well, as Sydney Washington said, if you have to get on a plane for it, it's a destination wedding. <laughs> it's my first destination wedding. Wow. Um, but none of that is my my chaser. I guess I will repeat that my paperback book comes out <laughs> on this day. We'll continue with the theme of plugs. Um, I'm excited to have a paper. I feel like I'm also the type of person where... I think I like paperback books more than hardcover books. I do. They're just easier to schlep around. You can bend them a little. Yeah. Even though I think everybody, if you really want to support an artist when their shit comes out, you buy their hardcover book. Of course. Of course. But once the paperback is out. You also (laughs) buy that. (laughs) Then you're excused and you can buy the paperback version. And it has bonus material. So, yeah. I worked on that shit um, very minimally. (laughs) (laughs) But no, there's new shit in there. I worked on it. So pick up a copy. You can order it from all the places. Oh, the podcast that I make is also exclusively on Spotify. I should have said that. If you want to listen to Noisemakers, it's exclusively on Spotify. You don't have to pay to listen to it, but it's on Spotify only. So uh, listen to Noisemakers, buy Everything is Awful, the paperback edition, watch Game of Thrones. And that will bring you happiness. Sure. (laughs) Guaranteed. (laughs) And that's it. Thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our editors are Adina Kleiner and Josh Gwynn. Music by Hans Del Sue. You can bother Barry at Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. Can you see? Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. For whatever struggles you're facing, from depression and anxiety to trauma and grief, BetterHelp can connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. 
It's so convenient you can schedule secure video or phone sessions, as well as chat and text with your therapist, and anything you share is completely confidential. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Unhappy Hour listeners even get 10% off your first month with the discount code UNHAPPY, so why not get started? Head to betterhelp.com unhappy and fill out a questionnaire to get matched with a counselor you'll love today. 